Hey everyone, welcome into the Ben Maynard program. Thanks for being here. A little bit of housekeeping to take care of before we get started. As a reminder, this program is available on multiple podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify, among several others. Simply search the Ben Maynard program. You'll have several options. Choose the one you want and you're good to go. Uh, of course, if you can't resist this beautifulness right here, then you can always watch on YouTube. And if you are watching on YouTube, then please subscribe to the channel. Give me a thumbs up and leave a comment. I love comments. I'd appreciate it very much. Last but not least, follow me on Instagram. Simply Ben Maynard Program. So plenty of ways to take in this show for your dancing and listening pleasure. And with that, we'll recap the last episode. That was, um, oh, that was my ZO2 review, their, their brand new album that was out. And we talked a little bit about them and uh, kind of a little bit of their history, what's going on, uh, what, you know, what had been going on with them and um, what they're doing now. Really good album. Check it out. Okay. And I'm hoping to have a nice surprise for you guys coming up here real soon. So just stay with me. All right. Appreciate it. And uh, with that, let's get the ball rolling. So um, I want to talk about this band that I've been a fan of since, I don't know, I was probably eight or nine years old. And I was introduced to this band by my brother, Jim. I've been a fan ever since. They are so near and dear to me. Um, and that band is Uriah Heep. As you can see, I'm wearing their t-shirt right here. So I got a shill for the boys. Uh, this is a band that's been around uh, since 1969. They, um, they're one of the, one of the original... Um, creators of heavy metal, prog rock, right in line with, uh, or right up there, I should say, with uh, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath leaning a little more towards the heavy metal side of it, um, Uriah Heep leaning more towards the prog side of it, like Deep Purple. Um, but certainly some, I guess you could, could consider some heavy metal influences anyway. Uh, they get some real heavy stuff, but also uh, real melodic and um, at times proggy too. Really, really good. So the original lineup was um, Mick Box on guitar and vocals, uh, Ken Hensley on keyboards, guitars, vocals, David Byron, vocals, Paul Newton was on bass and vocals, and uh, Keith Baker on drums and vocals. Um, they had their first lineup change with the third album, Look at Yourself. I believe that was in 1971, I think. Um, Keith Baker was replaced by Ian Clark on drums. And um, when when the band was preparing for uh, preparing for their fourth album, which was Demons and Wizards, they then again had two lineup changes. Paul Newton was replaced on bass by literally the great Gary Thane, and Ian Clark was replaced on drums 
by what I consider to be one of the greatest rock drummers ever. That's uh, the bear, Lee Kerslake. So stay with me here. Just so stay with me for for uh, for a moment, okay? I, I'm not going to go through the entire history of the band, although I literally could, and I could do it very easily. Um, that's how much I really just, uh, I just really love these guys so much. So um, I just, I want to make a point though. Why, that's why I kind of bring some of this stuff up and, and I'll go through a little bit of the history, um, but not the whole thing. So like I said, stay with me because I do want to make a point. And the point is that you, you can't keep a good band down. And in this case, a great band. Um, so that, uh, that lineup there uh, that came in on the fourth album, Demons and Wizards, that's considered their, their classic lineup. And they only recorded four albums uh, with that lineup. Uh, but after the 1976 album, High and Mighty, the voice of the band, David Byron, was he was fired um, for um, inconsistencies performing live. And he was also dealing with some substance issues. Um, so in comes John Lawton to take over on vocals. And the lineup was uh, also then solidified with former David Bowie bassist, Trevor Boulder. I'm hoping some of you are familiar with Trevor and his work. Um, I guess if you're going to replace a great like Gary Thane, no better person to do it than Trevor Boulder. Trevor Boulder is fabulous. Um, this particular lineup, they produced um, three albums, uh, Firefly, Innocent Victim and Fallen Angel. Um, two of those, two of those albums there, those are among my the among my favorites. If I was ranking all the albums, the two of those would definitely be in my top 10. Um, so beginning in 1984, for the next five years, four or five years, um, I guess well, the band went through several lineup changes. Um, including um, founding member Ken Hensley. He left right after the release of the uh, 1980 album Conquest. Um, and then um, the next three albums, those were Abominog, Head First, and Equator. Uh, those featured Peter Golby on vocals. And um, what I can say about those albums that is, it seemed on those three, the band was, um, they were looking, well, they kind of, I shouldn't say looking, they, but they were trying to, um, um, I don't know, reach out to a younger audience, um, bring in a, bring in a younger audience. And they were, they were kind of taking on that sound of the new British wave of heavy metal. Um, and I think I may have, you know, mentioned that before, but I, I'm not a big fan of those three albums. Um, but there is some really good stuff on there. Um, something on each album, um, and, and some that is among my favorite songs from, from the band. So now 
again, I hope you're sticking with me on this one. Um, my point is is coming. It's really coming, okay? But in, in 1986, the, the lineup of uh, Mick Box, Trevor Boulder, and Lee Kerslake uh, found themselves with two new members. That would be uh, Phil Lanzen, who took over on keyboards and vocals, and Bernie Shaw, uh, who came in to take care of the vocals. Um, this particular lineup became the most and has been the most consistent lineup in the in the band's entire history. They were together the longest. Um, and they were just about as, as prolific as any other lineup that, that the band had had. Um, in fact, if it wasn't for the fact that, um, that Lee Kerslake had to bow out in 2007 due to some health issues and, um, Trevor Boulder, uh, passing away from cancer in 2013, who knows what this band would have would have done and what they would be doing to this day uh they might still be together um but but uh you know needless to say that that particular um well the, i should say the core of the band now has still been together for i don't know 37 years um but after lee's exit from the band russell gilbrook came in uh, on drums and um the next four years, that lineup produced four albums. Wake the Sleeper. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It, they, they produced two albums in four years. That's what it was. Two albums in four years was Wake the Sleeper and Into the Wild, which they contain great material, great material. And then after Trevor Boulder's passing, Dave Rimmer, uh, who kills it, and he's been killing it on bass, came in. So the current lineup now, as it's constituted, has been together since 2014, and they've released three outstanding albums, um, Outsider, Live in the Dream, and 2023's Chaos and Color. And that's the one I talked about at the um, on uh, the last show of 2023. So really, really good stuff. Okay. So what's the point now? What's the point to all of this? The point is that with the exception of one album, in my opinion, where the band lost their way, that was um, that was 1980s Conquest album. And I just kind of, I don't know, I kind of think that one's a, a bit of a mess. Um, and, and what I don't like about it, um, John Sloman came in on vocals and... Not to say that John Sloman was a terrible singer, because actually uh, he had a really good voice and sounded really good. But I don't think that his interpretations of the songs that Ken Hensley was writing was what the band really wanted or what they needed. Certainly, what they not what they were expecting. And um, I know just by listening to the album myself, <laughs> it in the in the sound structure or not sound in the song structure they those songs to me sound like jim steinman compositions and if anybody's familiar with jim steinman he was the writer for 
most of Meatloaf's material, certainly all of Bad Out of Hell and Bad Out of Hell 2. And Jim's written for many other artists as well, but he writes these, um, I don't say operatic, but, but they're, they're just different. And they are sort of, sort of, I don't know, in that operatic range, I guess, um, as a structure. Um, it just, it's not Uriah Heep and it wasn't Uriah Heep and, and John Sloman, he, like I said, I don't think he interpreted the songs the way they were meant to be, but he also sounded like, uh, what's his name? Justin Hawkins from the darkness doing, a some vocal gymnastics that just weren't the band at all. So as I said, to me, that one was, um, that one was a mess. Um, and then the, um, the three Peter Golby albums, you know, where the band was, was to me looking for a younger audience with that, uh, new wave of British heavy metal sound. It just, you know, they're, there were flashes of heap on those albums, but it wasn't very consistent. Um, so, you know, with, with, um, I don't know. I, I just think now that the current lineup stays a lot closer to that classic heap sound, you know, and, but going back, you know, some, some Uriah heap fans, they might consider the early nineties, um, the lost years or the wilderness years uh, for the band, um, and I think that might have a bit to do with the musical climate at the time. That was, uh, you know, that was the grunge era. Really, we had that, you know, the first part of the, of the decade, first half of the decade was, was the grunge era. But, but, um, you know, to me, since 1986, the, um, the band has been as strong musically as any point in their, you know, in their history. Um, even though Mick Box may be the only original member, um, as I said, the, the core line has been together, you know, what is it? 37 years, I guess. So this, this is a real band. They're, they're not a, um, they're not a nostalgic act, uh, touring and, you know, trying to make it off of their, um, off of their their 70s catalog or their classics. These guys are continuing to put out great music that fits right in and it stands up with anything, anything in the classic catalog. And I, I guess I use classic in the sense of, you know, the 70s era, um, Uriah Heap. But when, when you see this band, the set list, it it changes often. Um, there's a few of the classic songs that 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 Heap fans expect to hear that are dropped from the set from night to night to make room for new stuff or um, stuff that's been um, put out within the last ten to fifteen years. So they they don't rest on their laurels. Um, it's just a it's a great band that puts out great material. They're still out there working it hard. They're slugging it out. As a matter of fact, um, they have a tour coming up. They have a tour coming up. Uh, um, 
I believe it starts sometime in April of, of 2024. So this year it's uh, right now it's, it's running uh, April and May. I believe it starts about mid mid April runs to the end of May and it's a co-headline with Saxon. Now I'll be quite honest with you. I'm not going to try to fool anyone. I don't know the first thing about Saxon. I I've heard of them. I know they're they're they lean a little probably harder uh, and more towards the heavy metal side. But um, but yeah, I'm not going to try to pretend that I know anything about Saxon. But it's a co-headline tour with Saxon. Um, unfortunately for me, there are no shows currently near <laughs> near Southern California. That's kind of a drag. But I did notice that on the website, it said that they will be adding more shows. So I'm hopeful. I'm crossing my fingers because these guys, um, they're just outstanding. They really are. Um, and though Bernie Shaw is really, he is the, he's the fifth lead singer in the band. Um, outside of David Byron, he's the best. He does a great job. He doesn't try to be David Byron. He tries to be Bernie Shaw. And he sings those Uriah Heep songs, even the ones that he wasn't uh, a part of. He sings those just as they need to be done. And they should be done. But uh, And and great guys. Great guys. I've, I've had an opportunity. Oh, gosh. It's probably been almost 10 years. I had an opportunity to, to, to meet the guys in the band. I had uh, seen a show. They were um, they were opening up for Blue Oyster, uh, Blue Oyster Cult, and um, I wish that bill was flipped around um, because Uriah Heep tore the roof off the theater that I saw them in. It, they were great, but after their set, um, and it was in a it was in a theater. I don't know three thousand seater something like that. And after their set, I happened to walk out into the lobby. I went with my brother because, my, as I said before, my brother Jim introduced me to this band. And um, so I had taken him to the show. And I, I said, hey, stay here. I'm going to go uh, out to the lobby. I, I probably went to use the restroom or something. But I see the guys in the band, all five members of Uriah Heap, walking through the lobby. And so they were kind of just in a line and I, uh, I stopped them and, um, you know, congratulated them on a great show, but I then talked to Mick box for, for just a a brief moment. And I said, Hey, just want you to know, I'm a huge fan. I've been a fan since whatever it was, I think I said 1973, 1974, whatever. And my brother is the one who turned me on to you guys. And he says, Oh, thanks mate. Appreciate it. So on and so on. Very, very nice, very genuine guy shakes my hand. Happy to hear it. All that good stuff. So I go back to to my seat and I tell my brother, Hey, guess who I just ran into in the, in the lobby and tell my (laughs) ran into all, all the guys in the band. And uh, I said, yeah, I even spoke to Mick for a couple minutes and so on and so on. And uh, so we sit through the uh, the BOC set. And afterwards, we walking through the lobby on our way out. We notice that in different areas in the lobby, 
each member of the band is almost holding court with someone. They're just having a soda or a cocktail or whatever it was that they're, they were drinking and just talking with, you know, their fans, nothing special, no, um, no meet and greet, uh, uh, you know, event, nothing extra to have to pay for. They're just walking around the lobby talking with everyone. And so I happened to go up to, to uh, Bernie Shaw and I said, hey, Bernie, great show, great job. I love how you stay true to the David Byron stuff, but you make it your own. And he says, yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. And I'm the fifth lead singer. <laughs> I said, yeah, you are. You know, I said, but man, you do a great job and I love it. I appreciate it. And then I said, hey, can we take a, a couple selfies? And so grab my camera out. He stands right by me. We snap a couple photos. Um, I did a terrible job taking them, but he was kind enough to do that. And, and that was just, that was a ton of fun. So I went and found my brother. He was running around somewhere. I, I don't know where Jim was, but I said, hey, Jim, come here. And I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, come here. I got someone I want you to meet. Walked right up to Mick Box. And I said, hey, Mick. I said, this is my brother I was telling you about who introduced me to the band. And he just like threw his hands up. Oh, that's great. And they started talking, carrying on a real conversation, not just, hey, thanks. See you later. Bye. And so I let them go for a couple minutes and it, it was, it was just, just a couple minutes, but, but it was, you know, it's a great couple minutes. And, um, so I thought, Hey, I'm going to do my brother a favor. I got my phone out. I said, Mick, can I take a picture of the two of you guys? He says, sure. So I snapped off a couple pictures on my, uh, on my, my phone and those ones actually came out good. So I made sure that I printed a copy out and I put it in a frame, gave it to my brother. And uh, he has that sitting up on his computer or by his computer, you know. So it's a uh, it's uh, a memory that he'll always have. And I'm happy that I could give it to him. But getting back to Uriah Heap Live, these guys knock it out of the park every night. It is so good to see them play. It's so great to hear that stuff. And they do such an amazing job with it. Staying true to their sound. A lot of Hammond organ, a lot of wah-wah guitar by Mick Box. And I, Mick Box is just so, so underrated as a guitar player. I mean, you never hear his name mentioned anytime when it comes to the, the greatest guitarists of all time. It, the greatest guitarist of anything. His name's never mentioned. but. Listen to Uriah Heep, see him live, listen to Mick Box, listen to the work that he does, watch him play, and it all, it's almost effortless when he does it. Um, and it's just dynamite, just dynamite stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, I just thought I would share that a little bit with you. And uh, I, also, <laughs> I also want to share this. I thought, you know what? I'm going to, their catalog's so extensive. They've got 25 studio albums. Um, and they probably have more than that on live compilations. Or, uh, and then there are various greatest hits packages in one form or another. Um, but <laughs> they've got a ton of material out there. 
So I thought what I would do is I would put together my Uriah Heap top 20 songs. Um, I think that it would, um, I think that it would probably take me too long to go through their their catalog and and try to rank all their albums. And I'll be honest with you too. I, I will. I'll be very very upfront with with everybody out here. Um, there are a few albums in the catalog that I've maybe only listened to one time and it might not have been recently either. So to, to be fair about ranking their studio albums, you know, it just, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair to do that. I'd be putting the albums that I hadn't had not listened to in a long time at the bottom of my list. And maybe once I took them in a little bit more that they would rank differently. So I wanted to be fair to that. And I didn't, um, I, I didn't want to do that. Who knows? Maybe somewhere down the line. I like doing these uh, these lists, you know. So I so I did. So I, I put together my top twenty Uriah Heap songs, and this this was um, this was brutal. It really was. It was so hard. If, you know, I I hope that I've got Uriah Heap fans out here watching this or listening to this, and I hope that you appreciate this. And if you're not a Uriah Heap fan, then look them up. There's a bazillion things on 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 YouTube to, to listen to or to watch, um, you know, and you can source their music everywhere. So uh, check it out. If you're not already in the uh, Uriah Heap camp, but this was absolutely um, brutal for me. I think I stopped. I was going through the catalog and I was jotting down like my favorite songs from each of the albums. And and I just finally stopped at like 30 songs. I said, well, I have to whittle this down to 20. And I can kind of already see that. I know there are 20 of them in here, uh, or at least, you know, that were uh, at least 15 of them that I knew were, would be on this list for sure. So, so I stopped and like I said, about 30 and, and I, I thought, well, this is going to kill me to do all this. And, and it was, it was, it was so hard, a lot harder than I thought it would be. So I will, um, and I don't have any clips to play. Sorry. Still haven't worked out that music deal, but uh, so no clips to play. But at number twenty, off of the Firefly album, that was John Lawton's first album with Uriah Heep. That was, I believe, nineteen seventy six. Sympathy. That's my number twenty. I probably should before I even go further. I probably should tell you I've got. Uh, I probably should throw in a couple of. Uh, uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, I think I will, but they're honorable mentions. So those two are paradise, the spell that they're combined two songs, paradise, the spell from demons and wizards, which is just a fabulous album and hurricane, which was one of the uh, singles released last year off of chaos and color. 
So, and that's that's a really good song. It, it it just look if my list was twenty two, that song would be on the list, but the list is twenty. And there are songs that I left off of here that I said, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm leaving this off the list." First, I had I had a hard enough time just putting them in in order from twenty to one, and I can't. <laughs> I would get to a song and say, "Gosh, I can't believe it. I'm putting it at this number right here. Can't believe I'm putting this song here." Okay, so anyway, again, number 20, Sympathy off of Firefly. At number 19, off of the Return to Fantasy album, the title track, Return to Fantasy. At number 18, off of the band's fourth album, and the first with, as I called it, their classic lineup. That album is Demons and Wizards, and the song number 18 is Traveler in Time. Let's see. Uh, number 17, off of the Fallen Angel album. That's the last album with John Lawton. That one is I'm Alive. And already in within the first four songs, I've got two John Lawton songs. Can you believe that? That's awesome. John Lawton so was such a uh, a great singer and sounded nothing like David Byron, but um, had a unique sound to his voice and did just a great job in, on the three albums that he recorded with the band. Uh, let's see, number 16, second one off of this album, Firefly, the song Hanging Tree. Number 15, off of the Abominog album, that is Peter Golby's first album with the band, The Way That It Is. That's a good song. I, I, I really do enjoy that song. Um, I liked it the first time I saw it, and I believe, eesh, I believe the first time I saw that, because the album was uh, the album was released in 1982, and I believe the first time I, I I heard that I saw the video for it on MTV. I think that's what it was, and I thought, John Lawton, who's this guy here? This is my band. This is your right heap, you know. And there, of course, there's no there's no internet back there uh, back then in 1982. We don't have access to the information we do now. Uh, as quickly as we we do now, we didn't have all that back then, so it was hard to it was hard to uh, you know find out what your favorite bands were doing unless you were buying every single issue of you know Circus or Hit Parader or Kerrang or whatever it was, you know. So anyway, uh, so number fifteen, the way that it is off of the Abominog album. It's a, it's just a really good song. Uh, okay, number fourteen. My first entry on this list from Bernie Shaw on lead vocals from the Live in the Dream album, Grazed by Heaven. That's the lead track. And what a man, I, I, I what a kick ass song. Um, this out of, I think to me, um, This album, Living the Dream, ranks right up there with any album 
in their catalog from the classic lineup, any album at all. I, I if if I did have to make a, a list uh, of all the Uriah Heap studio albums from the bottom to top, I would say Living the Dream is probably top five. Easy. It's it's that good, that good. And a band putting out an album that good at the, this late stage in their career, which the album came out in 2018. I mean, just, I mean, forget about it. A lot of bands, most bands just don't do that. Um, yet these guys, these, these guys did. This is just a kick-ass song on a kick-ass album. All right. So at number 13, it's all been said off of Living the Dream. So back-to-back songs off of that album. That's how good it is. That's how good it is. Uh, number 12, off of the Fallen Angel album, second time for that album, Put Your Lovin' On Me. I, I don't know. Something about that song just gets me every time. Great guitar work by Mick Box. It's not a heavy song. Um, it's it's a more, it's not a ballad song, but it it is a, it is a softer song, slower tempo. Um, and John Lawton, as he starts to get towards the end of the song, he just really starts, he's just belting it out. And so good. I love when he screams in a song. It just sounds so, so good. Okay. Um, number 11. And I can't believe this is, this is what I said. I can't believe this song is that low on the list. But number 11, the the uh, the lead track off of Magician's Birthday, Sunrise. What a great song. What a great song. And and it, and it starts out a little bit um kind of a little bit slow, you know, not chugging, but just slow. Boom boom. Boom boom. And you wouldn't think that'd make a great album opener. You wouldn't think that that would make a great concert opener. But once it kicks in, forget it. It's the it's not only the the lead song on Magician's Birthday, but it's the first track off of Uriah Heep Live. This one right here, 1973. It's the lead track, and it's um, yeah, it's just so good. It's so good. The the harmonies on it are great. And that's one thing about Uriah Heep that still to this day, these guys know harmonies. These guys can sing. Every member of the band sings and and they vote they harmonize so well. It's it's just incredible. Sounds so, so good. So okay. Number 11, Sunrise off of Magician's Birthday. All right, that takes us to the top 10. And another one, that when I looked at it and I said, I cannot believe I'm putting this song at number 10. I just can't believe it. But that's where it is. And that's the lead track off of Demons and Wizards, The Wizard. And it now that is a soft song. But 
just go and listen to any album in the Uriah Heap catalog. Let's put it, any album in the 70s era, Uriah Heap, and any album from probably 1990 on, or 89, 1989 on, and just listen to those harmonies. Just, it's so, it's just amazing. And they do it again. First first song right out of the gate off of Demons and Wizard, Wizards, The Wizard. Um, okay, number nine, off of the Firefly album, the title track, Firefly. I think that's two. No, that's three. Three off of uh, Firefly. It's just a great album. It, it's a great album. It's, it's underrated in the Uriah Heap catalog. I don't know why, um, but it's, it's one of my favorite albums. Um, it's just that good. And another song, gosh, I, I, it's, it's, it's so funny. Another song when I, when I, I, I put this one on the list and I'm looking at it and I'm going, how in the world is this song that low? I, I don't get it again, off the demons and wizards album and it's rainbow demon. And if you have the album, it's the, the first track on side two and it's so good and it chugs it chugs in the beginning starts out real slow slow but heavy and uh and then when it kicks into the chorus that's it you hear the harmonies kicks into the chorus and 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 you hear the harmonies of the band and it's just so good it just man such a great song <laughs> so I, it might be my brother's favorite song off of uh, Demons and Wizards. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking at my list right here. And I'm going, I can't believe the song is that low. <laughs> All right. So on to number seven. That is from the Live in the Dream album. Again, from 2018. Take Away My Soul. Man, what a just, mm, mm, so good. So, so, so good. Um, it's just, it's a, it's got a great, great guitar lick in there by uh, Mick Box. And most of these songs do have some sort of fabulous guitar lick by, by uh, Mick, but son of a gun. It's, uh, man, it's just so good. It's so good. And, and like I said, it's just, the amazing thing about this band is how great they still are 54 years later. I mean, come on. They're so good. Um, all right. So uh, number seven, take away my soul off uh, living the dream. Number six off of living the dream, the title track, living the dream. And if you know that song, it is so, like I said, I mean, this, this entire album, Live in the Dream, is so right up there with anything that the band did in the 70s. And, and I mean, th this one more so than, than even the ones prior, the albums prior, where they had a lot of the, the classic heap sound, but maybe not as consistent through and through uh, on the albums. This one here, front to back, 
boom, it is, it's just, you know it. And when this song opens up, it's nothing but five guys singing, singing the first line of the song, and then it kicks in and it sounds so good. When I, I played it for my brother, Jim, who loves harmonies, you know what I mean? But come on, who doesn't really? Okay. And I said, you got to listen to this. And I put it on. And as soon as it kicked in, he looked at me and his eyes got like silver dollars. And he said, oh my gosh, that is so good. So he said, that is so Uriah Heap. I said, you got it. All right. So that was number six, living the dream. Number five, man, what a great song here. Number five off of Demons and Wizards, Circle of Hands. Such a good song. Such a good song. And and I'll be honest, I could have gone with the live version on that very easily off of uh, Live 73. Very easily because it's that good. But both versions are just so good. I figured I'm just going to stick with the studio version on that. Um. Number four, Tears in My Eyes. Now, that song's off of the Look at Yourself album, but I like the live version off of Live 73 uh, a bit better. I think the guitars sound more... Um, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a thicker sound, I guess. Um but it's so good. There's, uh, I mean, uh, Ken Hensley comes out from behind the keyboards on that one when they play live to play slide guitar. So it's all guitars in the band, all the guitars in the band playing that song. It's just a fast song and it's so good. So, so good. And, you know, Ken Hensley, he's known for not only his singing abilities, he had a great voice. He had a great voice, um, but um, he was, you know, known for keyboard playing. But he was, um, he wasn't as known for his guitar playing uh, ability as he was, and he played all the slide guitar in the band, and that song just kicks ass. So good. Um, okay. So number three, we're at number three now, and that is off of the magician's birthday album. And it's the title track magician's birthday. And that song is so awesome. It is so awesome. There's, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's 10 and a half minute song and that's just on the studio album. Um, I don't know what else to say about that song. The, the the lyrics are great in it. There's a trade-off. There's a trade-off towards the end of the song and the last part of the song. Um, a trade-off vocally from Ken Hensley and David Byron. And it's sometimes it's almost hard to tell who's who in it because Ken Hensley sounds like David Byron. Um, that's how good his voice was. But um, I love the studio version uh, over the live version. Uh, and, unless you go see them live, the, the only other live version I heard, I have heard is on the, uh, live 73 album. And it's just, uh, they only sing the chorus, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just a, 
tremendous song. And that's why it's hot. That's why it's number three. And, and, but it's one of those songs that as it's ending, that it sounds like it could go on forever, that it just wouldn't end. Um, if it wasn't for uh, somebody in the control room, you know, turning the volume down, fading it out, it probably would have gone forever. It's so good. It, man. And, and I, I'll tell you this, my, my three, two, and one, they could have just, I could interchange any three of those you know, magician's birthday could have been number one. And, you know, if this was next week or next month, maybe it would have been, but, um, anyway, so at number three, magician's birthday at number two, um, it's off of, I took the live version. It's off of the live 73 album. The, um, studio version of this song comes off of their, their, the band's debut album. And, um, it's good. It's good. It's not like this one. It's not like this version here. This version is just, just, it's just something else. And that's Gypsy. Another, I don't know, 11 minute song, something like that. Um, but man, man, it is just, ugh, just killer. Just killer. Now I'm hoping that for you Uriah Heap fans out there, I'm hoping that you know what my number one song is on the list. Um, but uh, let me recap before we give the number one song. And number 20, uh, Sympathy off of Firefly. Number 19, Return to Fantasy off of Return to Fantasy. Number 18, Traveler in Time off of Demons and Wizards. Number 17, I'm Alive off of Fallen Angel. Number 16, uh, 16, The Hanging Tree from Firefly. Number 15, The Way That It Is from Abominog. Number 14, Grazed by Heaven from Living the Dream. Number 13, It's All Been Said from Living the Dream. Number 12, Put Your Loving on Me from Fallen Angel. Number 11, Sunrise from Magician's Birthday. Number 10, The Wizard from Demons and Wizards. Number nine, Firefly from Firefly. Number eight, Rainbow Demon from Demons and Wizards. Number seven, Take Away My Soul from Living the Dream. Number six, Living the Dream from Living the Dream. Number five, Circle of Hands from Demons and Wizards. Number four, Tears in My Eyes from Live 73. Number three, Magician's Birthday from Magician's Birthday. Number two, Gypsy from the live album, Live 73. And... Number one, and like I said, between one, two, and three, they I could interchange them all. But at number one, and I took the live version, and the studio version is great off of Look at Yourself, but I took the live version of July Morning. Yeah, man. I don't know what else to say. This version is great off of Live 73. It is just fantastic i i don't i don't know how else to describe it um it's lengthy another 11 minute song and a lot of those i absolutely love those big epic songs from uriah heap because they do such a good job they've got different time changes and 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 uh guitar solos drum solos things like that oh even a keyboard solo and i love listening to to ken hensley you know 
put in his keyboard solos on uh actually i think there's one on these last three songs um on my list um but so good so 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 good um and to hear that song july morning played today or well not today but now the band plays it live it's just the same it's just the same it's so so good they do a great job with it it's just dynamite stuff cannot say enough so look there's um there's my top 10 or my top 20 Uriah Heap songs and I hope you enjoyed it I hope you enjoyed this um if there's some stuff on here you're not familiar with I hope that you'll go and seek it out and 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 check it out give it a listen and be honest with yourself about it too um but this band, Uriah Heep, they deserve a lot more. Um, they deserve a lot more notoriety, a lot more play than what they get either in the in the media world. Um, certainly, uh, I mean, we all know they're not going to get radio play. Uh, there's like one song that gets played on the radio, uh, and it, it's not even on my top twenty list. But um, you know, they're they're they do really really well in europe um and they do really well in japan not as well in the united states so they play smaller venues and a lot of times they're opening support for for a band but they deserve so much more than that because man they just they tear it up they're so good and so professional and as i said before they're not resting on their laurels they're not a nostalgic act. These guys are out there. They are active. They are prolific. They put out music. They put out great music still to this day. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. And I'm hoping that they'll get a show near me this year so I can check it out. Anyway, that's going to be a wrap. Um, again, this program is available on multiple podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Or just do a search for the Ben Maynard program. You'll have several options. Choose the one you want. I like everybody to go to Buzzsprout, but like I said, the one that suits you is the one you want to listen to. If you're watching on Facebook, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, if you'd subscribe to the channel, it'd be even better. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Appreciate everything. Thank you again. Last but not least, Follow me on Instagram, simply Ben Maynard Program. With that, we are done. Please stay close and tune in later on this week, all right? You don't want to miss it, I promise you. This is the Ben Maynard Program. Tell a friend. <laughs>